What's going on, Bears fans? Sports betting season is in full force right now because all the sports are playing right now. And you need a sports book with integrity and one that has longevity like BetUS. BetUS have been pioneers in the sports book industry for nearly three decades, thriving and paying you the loyal customer fan base. What's great about BetUS is they have loads of bonuses. Join now at BetUS.com and receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using code CHICAGO125. BetUS has all your NFL games with team and player props and loads of NFL futures and odds. BetUS gives you plenty of options. In addition to the NFL, you can bet on college football games, PGA golf, UFC matches, the NBA, and more. They have every bet type imaginable, and the BetUS mobile platform is easy to use with full betting options. Follow my lead and get your phone online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like BetUS. And cash in on your 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com with our our code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. What's going on, Bears fans, and welcome to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host for today's show, Nicholas Moriano, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mason West, who's just back from a mini vacation. Mason, uh, tell us every tell everybody where you went and how it was. I was lucky enough to go to Disney World, uh, so we were there for six days, two travel days, uh, four days in the middle, one day at each park. It was tons of fun uh 85 degrees pretty much the whole time uh what was it two the second day we were there we were at animal kingdom and uh, on and off rain afternoon so like that was that one was a little a little more wet but other than that great time it was awesome they did a good job with covid stuff felt pretty safe the whole time with that and i am exhausted did about thirty thousand steps every day because we we were ridiculous we just hopped from ride to ride i think with the new system they have, it's called Genie Plus. You can be at like you got like four rides done in the first hour, but like you have to be good about like kind of going around the park. So, yeah, I uh, I'm gonna need to do some recovery myself and get ready for <laughs> for Sunday being up in that press box. Well, and Mason, you were just telling me you got back not too long ago and you had things that you're already doing. So, hey, I just appreciate you being on here and helping helping me, you know, preview this very anticipated Bears and 49ers game. So, thank you so much for being here. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, like I said, I think Atlanta around like four fifteen, and then I had an interview with some uh, black health professionals of Temple University. Shout out to them. Uh, and yeah, I couldn't let you do this alone. You, you and Will had to deal with that post game with the Buccaneers. You know, you didn't have my saltiness on there, so I had to, you know, I helped you out a little bit today. <laughs> there, there was plenty of saltiness to go around, even though you weren't there, Mason. But you, you missed. Uh, there was a good game to miss, and you actually said that I think on the preview podcast. So you already know. 
Um, I was at a wedding this past weekend, so I got to see my buddy Nick, one of my core friend, like core group of friends from high school, get married. So really fun time for me. Um, you know, as I was getting back from the wedding, I was still recovering. So by the time that game was going on, I'm like, oh, we're checking out um about after the first quarter. Perfect. So it kind of kind of worked out for me too. But you know, now Mason, we are moving on from that 38 to 3 blowout loss, not even close at any point. From the Buccaneers, and now we're going to what I would say is a more manageable game against the two and what two and four San Francisco 49ers. So, Mason, maybe just to even start things off, what's just your initial perception of the 49ers? It's a team that you know was playing in the Super Bowl not too long ago, and now they're in a, a state of panic. They're and we were just talking before we even went live, they're kind of similar to the Bears. This is like literally the, that Spider Man meme where they're just pointing at each other, and it's like what's the difference right i mean they both have this weird uh you know veteran rookie qb scenario that was going on obviously the bears is more settled at this point there have injuries across the board to running backs the defense really carries the team uh in theory they have an offensive head coach uh, but like you said the 49ers have been on a downward spiral for a while since the super bowl which by the way they did lose so i mean it's nice to make it there but they didn't they haven't won since then they're i think 18 and 36 since the injury bug has been huge for them. There's questions on the turf and if that's an issue, but to be fair, it's every season. There's someone major that's hurt for them, if not multiple people. So you got to question what's going on with the practices and the training staff and not and all that stuff too. Uh, but yeah, with all that similarity that is there, it, it's going to be an interesting game because it really does boil down to, I think a lot of it is going to be that, that quarterback play who plays better, right? Garoppolo has not necessarily been doing great. And also, I think you, I don't know if you saw this, but I think the line moved from 3.5 points to three points once Nagy was no longer going to be the head coach. So maybe they <laughs> just really think Chris Tabor, who is the acting head coach, is worth an extra half a point. I don't know. It was interesting. I was listening to a part of his uh, press conference today, him acting as the the head coach. And I kind of like Chris Tabor, how he approaches things. It's uh, He's got, uh, you know, a certain... I guess, attitude with them, and I like it. It's just a breath of fresh air of how he kind of approaches press conferences. But, yeah, that is – I did see that line move. I'm like, man, that says says a lot about Matt Nagy. But, um, yeah, when I think of the 49ers, I also think of a team that's kind of lost their identity. When you watch that – that what was it, the Sunday night game, just between them and the Colts, it was at Levi Stadium, it was raining, and the first drive of the game looked so promising – for the 49ers, they take it and score. They're rushing the football effectively and, you know, get a couple of passes from Jimmy Garoppolo. And then as that game kind of transpired, it was the Colts that were rushing and displaying that physicality against the 49ers, a team that's been known for that over the years. So it was just weird to kind of see it flipped. And I think Darius Leonard, linebacker for the Colts, he had this perfect quote that kind of encapsulates what I was just talking about. He said that they did a great job, the 49ers, especially on the first drive, um, utilizing misdirection and putting us, the, the the Colts defense, in bad position to make plays. I was glad they kind of went away from that. So there's been, like, you know, Kyle Shanahan's been a little bit on the hot seat as well just for his play calling and obviously where the team's added two and four. So it's, it's really two desperate teams, Mason, that are going to be playing in Chicago and desperate can could make a team dangerous, and this is four straight losses for the 49ers. It's who, and we'll talk about it, what who ends up, you know, winning this match and all of that. But it's an interesting matchup, but it's also one that, hey, I'm not like 
yeah, we're going to see the, the Bears and 49ers on, on Sunday. It's kind of the exact opposite at this point. But, you know, what, Mason, I say we just kind of get into this. And when we're talking about this, this Bears team, and obviously, you know, there wasn't much offense that happened in that game against the Tampa Buccaneers. Where are just some takeaways on offense that you have that you honestly that you would like to see the Bears improve upon? We, we can really take this offensive discussion anywhere because there really is nowhere to really start because there's no offense to build upon. That's the thing. It's just like you said, the 49ers have lost their identity. It's like the Bears have never found their identity. Like they don't have one. And so far, yeah, the little identity that they do have, which has been running the ball, is more seems like it's been forced upon them. It's like Nagy is yeah. swallowing this pill that he hates. And I mean, I get it. <laughs> when I play Madden, I don't love to just spam the run. I, I like to air it out. <laughs> I mean, same thing. You know, you're playing pickup football. You're not you're not handing the ball off constantly. But it's like, what do you want to? What do you want to be? And how do you be multiple off of what you want to be? And there's been all these reports recently that. And some pretty some people who are I think really involved in in either previous offenses or currently what they have going on are talking about how Nagy's pretty much taken what Andy Reid had and has never really moved off of it. Right, he was taught this offense, added maybe a couple of his own flair, a little bit of flair to it, but then really has not evolved. And once the NFL kind of found him out a little bit, right, which we saw with 2018, it was like, oh, this is new, this is awesome. Santa Slay, all these fun trick plays, which those are gone now um, because they're never in the they're rarely in the red zone. But uh, it just has changed so much. And it so much of it boils down to how about your rookie quarterback? Like you have, yes, COVID's a thing. And your tackle who was supposed to be there, your swing tackle who's now, yes, I mean, you, you lost Tevin Jenkins, you lost Larry Borm, you lost Jermaine Fetty, you're on Wilkinson who day of, you know, gets is on COVID protocol, which we can have a whole conversation about what the heck is going on with the Bears, the COVID stuff. But then you have Lachavius Simmons and you find out he never – he didn't practice at all there and it's like so what would have happened if wilkinson got hurt in the game i mean you have to plan for that uh and it just seems like they really got stuck on this whole we need alex bars available to do that extra you know sixth lineman thing but in the entirety of what i saw when i went back and watched it i don't think they did that at all when simmons was at tackle was there a single i don't think there was a single play that bars was put in as that eligible lineman so it's like what what were you saving bars for if you're not going to do that either? And it has to start there because, you know, yes, Justin can't throw those picks. Yes. Justin can't fumble the ball like that. Yes. This wide receiver needs separation, but he needs time to throw the dang ball. I mean, there was one play at, what was it? 2.97 seconds. I think that Ted again article talked about what the heck are you doing? That was an off. That's a coach's decision to not let Simmons practice at all. And to not have bars at a right tackle. That's just, you. that's blasphemous. You know, I, I like where you took this, Mason. And just to kind of backtrack a little about what's going on at Hallisall, like I'm scheduled to go there tomorrow. And I'll tell you right now, it, it's not certain yet because of everything that's going on with the COVID protocols. They're like, uh, they're like Nick, uh, stay tuned. <laughs> like, okay, that's that's great for my schedule. I'll just stay tuned. But yeah, that it's there's been an outbreak. And there was another positive test today. And um, they asked, Tabor, who, or if it was player coach, and I think it was Adam Hogue that clarified it was a coach. Don't know exactly who. So this this virus is definitely in Hallis Hall. Maybe it's best I don't go there. Who knows? But it's like, <laughs> yes, that is an issue. And now on top of all the other issues that they have on offense, and I'll kind of take it another thing that's not happening. Well, we're not seeing an identity, but we're also not playing to just, the Bears aren't playing to Justin Fields' strengths. There's been a lot of talk about play action passes, right? 
And right now, Justin Fields is using play action or being called to use play action passes on 26.6% of his dropbacks. And according to Dan Orlovsky, I'm sure everybody by now have seen the video. Uh, Bears have been using less and less of it over the past three weeks. And it does look, you look at the games, you look at Tampa Bay, you're not going to be using a lot of play action when you're down by more than 30 points. Green Bay, yeah, you were in that game. You, you relatively could have used that. And then what was it? The, the Raiders. So it's just weird that it's what Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence have double the attempts, but off play action passes fields has a 65.7% completion percentage, which is the highest outside of all of the other concepts outside of screens. Of course, can't hit a screen pass then probably should be playing quarterback, but 7.5 yards per attempt as well. That's his highest. He has a touchdown off of play action passes and guess what? No interceptions, which just feels has, has given the ball to the other team a few, few times this season. So, and the other big thing, only six times he's been sacked compared to the other 16 that he ha- that he has been sacked when when not using play action. So it's just weird, Mason. Like, and he was asked about it. What was it yesterday or two two days ago? About hey, how do you, how comfortable do you feel using play action RPOs? He's like, it's been something that I've been doing since college. I know how to run. I know how to execute on the move. It's like why why aren't they implementing it then? So. Again, that goes back to the coaching staff, the, whatever game plan is really being implemented there, which even though Nagy, and I had to you know, explain this to my girlfriend yesterday, he's like, why is Nagy getting all the blame? He's not calling the plays anymore. His fingerprints are all over that dang playbook. That's why. And so the plays that are being called are still being brought from Nagy, Laser, and then, you know, it's just ultimately Laser calling them. So it's still there's a lot of blame to be be going around but that was just another thing that i wanted to bring up and for the next like offensive topic mason and obviously we, we can all talk about it together here Khalil herbert has just been such a breath of fresh air like i think just you know from this past week with how the bears lost the covid protocols like i had to wear a shirt that literally says sweet home because it's been the sour taste and then the pinwheel cookies i don't know if people know about those but it's freaking amazing and they don't sell them anymore which is so sad but Khalil Herbert has provided that sweetness in in a sense to the Bears and what the offense is kind of doing because of his running style. It just kind of fits with what the Bears need. But like you said, Mason, it almost seems like it's being forced because the passing game is not existing. Yeah, and it's it's led to so many really interesting conversations, right? You you floating around the Bears Twitterverse, people talking about trading David Montgomery and can you just ride out Herbert and all that stuff, like. Honestly, I don't know. I'm split on that whole conversation just because, yes, I mean, Montgomery's amazing. I love Monty uh, and what he can bring. We also have to remember where he was picked and what can you – if you could get a third-round pick out of him, a second-round pick out of him, do you bat your eyes at that, knowing what's the shelf life of a traditional running back, like if Herbert can fill him? But at the same time, this has only been three games for Herbert, so you don't want to necessarily just – sell the farm in, in terms of getting rid of Montgomery, knowing that, Hey, it's only been three games, but I digress. It's like you said, they're not really catering to Justin's strengths. Cause he's been stepping, he steps up to the line and has to diagnose right where the blitz is coming from, what coverage they're in, all these things. And then when they quickly shift out of that, move from a cover one to a cover two, something like that, they've, they've uh, hidden what the blitz is. He has to get the ball out very, very fast. As a rookie, that is hard to do. They're very exotic looks. So, like you're saying, why not take some players out of it? 
Why not have an instance where you have a play action, which in theory might hold, you know, hold, holds a linebacker, roll away from it, only have half the field that you have to deal with instead of dropping back with six man protection, where also Herbert being a rookie running back, right? He has to also diagnose where that blitz is coming from, trying to get across maybe the formation or the other side because you did a play action for the first time in a while. And now he's got all the way to the left side because you were faking it right. You expect either Justin to tell him that or for him to see it. That's a lot on two rookies plays to be able to do that. You as the coaching staff need to make it much simpler so that they just step up and act. Boom, boom, boom. And then they can keep moving forward. Because again, and we keep harping on this, as we know, Justin didn't get a lot, if any, reps with the ones. So he doesn't know exactly where Al Robinson is going to be. He doesn't know exactly where Darnell Mooney is going to be on that play call. We've talked about it before. Where are the slants? Haven't seen that a lot. No idea. Um, uh, quick shout out to Buckkiss Stats. Had this really great chart, actually, that compared a bunch of the rookie quarterbacks and what it looked like to have on uh, first down, second down, third down. You know, what was the distance, pass percentage, pass success rate. The Bears are passing on 38% of first downs. Compare that to 54, 59, and 53% for Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Mac Jones. So defenses pretty much know, all right, first down, they're running it. Let's just sell out to stop the run. You flip that over to third, fourth down, the distance that Justin's currently having to convert is an average of 9.07 yards. Comparing that to, for the other three, 6.79, 6.90, 6.97. That three-yard distance is huge. And that's because, hey, first down, let's run it. Oh, great. It's a gain of one or two. Okay, cool. Now we're just stuck on this long second down. It's, again, be multiple. You have to be creative in terms of what's actually happening. And now when you have that 9.07 distance on third and fourth down for Justin, and you're passing now on 69% of those downs, which, again, is the least somehow compared to the other three, and the pass success is only 22%. Compared to 40% for Mac Jones, 35% for Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson on the Jets has a higher pass <laughs> success rate on third and fourth down than Justin Fields. And I don't necessarily put that on Justin. I put that on the plays that you're designing, the fact that you're having to go nine yards to get a dang first down on third down. You're ruining this kid. Create like Do stuff to help him. Like, and it's amazing to think finally that Justin and the receivers said enough is enough. We're going to have our own zoom sessions and basically like watch plays and say, no, 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 we're changing these routes because they're garbage. Let's take it upon ourselves to fix the problems that our coaches can't, which that should, I know that's great to hear from a rookie quarterback, but man, he shouldn't be, be asked or should do that in his first season, but that's the bears. That's how they run things. But I'm glad you uh, brought up Ted Nugent from the athletic because he had a great breakdown of Justin Fields. And oh, this fantastic. line got to me. This line got to me, and you guys need to go check that out. Get a, get a subscription to The Athletic. They're great. All the people there are great. Look up Ted Nugent. He wrote in here, he can't process like a rookie. He has to process like a veteran to make this offense work. And why is that the expectation from Justin Fields, who didn't get those first-team reps like you were saying, Mason, but yet he is running an offense that it realistically is still catered to Andy Dalton. And an indication of that, because Ted Nugent also went back and tracked the the run the RPOs in that game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he said against the Buccaneers he only charted one option run, and it wasn't very well designed. He also put so that just that blows blows my mind. Like why is it that one you're inhibiting Justin Fields from utilizing this in his game? And it's again he was asked about the, utilizing RPOs earlier this week. And he says he feels very comfortable with them. One time against a Super Bowl champ, against a defense that flies around, knowing that you have tackles that are not going to be able to block for a very long time, 
Don't you want them to have that option to mitigate their speed off the edge to to read off a guy and then make that decision? It doesn't it doesn't make sense, Mason. None of this makes sense. And now we're what week eight, and we're having very similar conversations that we've been having for years with the Matt Nagy offense. And again, a Matt Nagy offense. What is that exactly? I don't even one that doesn't work. That's all I can tell you for certain. That's what a Matt Nagy offense is. All right, Mason, we, we we're getting a lot off our chest here. And just to, you know, okay, realistically, and again, how, what do the Bears need to do to, offensively to, to put a, put together a good game plan? Maybe it helps that Matt Nagy might not be there. But what, what do you think that the Bears need to do to create a game plan? And people in the chat, please chime in. What do you think the Bears need to do to, to have a successful game plan against the 49ers and their defense. Well, and one thing I wanted to highlight too is one that they do need to solidify that line. They need to have an mm-hmm. offensive line that's going to block. And uh, I believe it was Cliff had said that, yes, Borum, he was back at practice, which is great. Uh, had some reps at right tackle, it looked like. And there's reports that Tevin Jenkins, and by reports, I mean Jason Peters, who apparently is just breaking news all the time. You know, <laughs> Jason Peters a credential already. Oh, yeah. um, that he, Tevin Jenkins, is a couple weeks away. Make sure, first of all, everyone slow down. <laughs> Remember, first of all, they are both rookies. Second of all, Tevin Jenkins was supposed to play left tackle, had the back injury, and now is potentially who knows where he's going to be. Larry Borum did come in and looked good against the Rams. He only played 15 snaps. <laughs> That's 22% of them before he had to leave, before he got hurt. So let's not put too much on stock in that. So knowing that, and knowing we have to solidify the line, we need can good get back to using that sixth lineman. I don't know who's going to be at right tackle, so let's just say for the sake of argument, it's Alex Bars since that's kind of you know what they ended with last week. So now you don't have him as that extra lineman. So who do you have on the roster that could do that? Is there someone that can step into that role? Uh, significantly more usage of the tight ends, right, to be able to block, to be able to chip. And when I mean chip, I mean like really chip. We've seen too many times where. It's this half shoulder that doesn't really get a good piece. And you got Nick Bosa, obviously, over there going against Jason Peters, which, I mean, he is just a man among boys, it seems like sometimes. And I mean, by Nick Bosa, so you got to help out. So solidify that line. Moving on from that, more RPO and better designed RPOs. Like the one that I know you were talking about, like I believe Ted had mentioned, had said that there were three unblocked people essentially <laughs> yeah. on that run. Like, what is that play design? Like, you're not supposed, to, that's ridiculous. And you got to have that. You got to have some some routes that make sense. You got to have, so hopefully they practice scramble drills a little bit this week because the wide receivers need to be held accountable for their garbage scramble drills. Like they're not moving, you know, if you're far away, you're supposed to run close. If you're close, you're supposed to run far away. If you're right, you're supposed to run left, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of those, none of those things are happening. Like that one pass where it, uh, Justin Fields overthrew Allen Robinson. Yes, that was not a good throw. Let's be real. That was, that was on Justin as much as anybody else. But at the same time, Allen Robinson was not exactly run into a spot that was going to really help his quarterback either. So that has to be a part of it. And when you are running, when you are able to run for a hundred yards on a team that was only giving up, I believe it was an average of something like 50 yards on the Buccaneers commit to that play action. Like you were just saying, Nick, like use that play action, cut the field in half play action, right? Roll out left screen pass, tight end screens, running back screens. I, when was the last time we've seen like a running back screen? I, I feel like I'm a broken record. I say this every single week. Like they're so useful. They did it to, with, to Leonard Fournette constantly in that game. I think he had like what, three catches or something like that. Like 
that so it's the same story every week it's tough it's, we, it, it is it's hard <laughs> it's tough mason and i maybe it wasn't fair of me to ask for a game plan because we're just saying the same thing just do it <laughs> it's hard to do when you don't have linemen but i will say another thing that i want to add to what kind of worked in that game again uh against the 49ers and colts yes the the weather was definitely a factor but what the bears need to take advantage of is that 49ers secondary that loves mason and i mean loves to commit past interference penalties in that game alone, they had 49ers committed five pass interferences and they for 97 uh, defensive penalty yards. In this season, they've committed 14, 14 pass interferences. So if you can't connect on the deep ball and if the, the, maybe the wide receivers are in the vicinity and running their routes correctly and it's not necessarily there, throw it up. Give your guy a chance because these 49ers DBs lack discipline. And they showed that against Carson Wentz and the Colts on Sunday night, and they lost 30 to 18. And again, committed five pass interference calls, big, big ones too. So the I mean the Bears, they need to look at that and try to see if they can one, of course, complete the pass. It'd be great to actually complete a, a deep ball or any of those things, but give your wide receivers a chance. That's on the wide receivers to, you know, give Justin Fields a window. Uh, just a sideline to throw to, but it's also on fields to put the ball in an area where these wide receivers, tight ends, maybe tight ends. I don't want to get you know too far ahead of myself to go up and potentially get the ball. But obviously, another thing is just you know you really got to commit to the run. The Colts ran that ball 33 times, 148 yards, and Jonathan Taylor was looking pretty good. I, my brother had him as fantasy teams. Like I won already. I'm like yeah, he did. But they need to bring that physicality. And maybe you can do that, you know, having Alex Bars in there, just commit to it. Herbert just getting in a rhythm. So if you do those things, and look, this is not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you guys. This is not a a Super Bowl team. This is the desperate two and four San Francisco 49ers. So yes, you, obviously the Bears cannot overlook anybody. They they will they'll beat themselves any given day of the week. But I think there's gonna be opportunities for maybe like Justin Fields was saying. He said he could just feel it that the there's it's gonna be a breakout game for the offense. And he asked for an explanation. He's like, no, I don't got I, I could just feel it. We'll see if that happens. We'll see if that happens. All right, Mason, is there anything else on offense that you wanted to touch on? Um again, not a lot to build off of, of last week, but anything else you want to touch on? No, there's like you said, yeah, there's not not a ton there. It's how much you can almost tell when Bill Lazor was talking this week that he was kind of annoyed with the narrative and a little fed up. Like you said, Nick, if you have a, a pile of plays sitting in front of you on this, on the play sheet, and let's, for the sake of argument, 50 of them are in the gun with no movement from your wide receivers, no motion to identify, right. What the coverage or what the coverage is. Uh, and then you only have this small pile of here's my three RPOs and here's my five play action. I'm not saying those are the numbers. But I'm saying let's just for the sake of argument, there's not a lot you can do with that because you can only call that the same play so many times. So while no Nagy may not be there on, on Sunday and while no, he's not calling plays anymore, this is still his offense. So was he able to this week create a little, change it up a bit? Did he allow other people to have more input this week? You know, and this is really also kind of funny. This is the worst situation for Nagy because if they win, it's because he wasn't there. That's the that's the narrative. If they lose, it's because, well, 
he was still a mastermind in this whole team, and he's the reason why they lost. So th- this week is a lose-lose for Nagy if he's not able to be there. That's that's a good point. So I guess we'll see. I wonder if they tie. What it's it, it falls to the negative. What am I talking about? But yeah, it is an interesting way of looking at it for for you know Matt Nagy, who you know hope he's doing well. Obviously testing positive for COVID, but. We're going to transition to this Bears defense and obviously this 49ers offense. But before we do, I have to tell you about our partnership with Owen. If you're like me, going to the gym is a crucial part of my schedule. It's a place to let loose and just decompress, especially after embarrassing Bears losses. And after a great workout, it's important to give your body the amino acids it needs to repair and rebuild proteins. And that's why I drink Owen. That's right, Owen, which stands for only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein company, and all of their products are plant-based, free of artificial ingredients, and are allergen-friendly. Plus, Owen uses high-quality and carefully selected ingredients to make all of its products easily digestible, like their dark chocolate protein shake that has 20 grams of protein, and it's my personal favorite. And I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. Get 20% off your first purchase with code TCA20 at liveowenowyn.com. That's 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. And remember to use the code TCA20. Join me, Justin Fields, and try Owen. Only what you need. All right, welcome back to the Chicago Audible. Here to talk about this Bears defense, this 49ers offense, and Mason Look, obviously the offense had its struggles. were terrible against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but the offense wasn't much better whatsoever. Where do you even want to take this discussion? Like there was the red zone with the Bears defense was obviously horrible. Tampa Bay was able to do what they wanted. They got matchups that they liked, just little things too. What Will and I were talking about in the postgame show, you know, let's let's motion in Chris Godwin. And have line, lined up against Danny Trevathan in the red zone. Who's going to win that matchup? You already know. And it's like when you have uh, just one-on-one opportunities. Like Mike Evans. Hey, he beat Jalen Johnson with a perfect throw, a perfect catch. Like there's nothing really you could do about it. But whatever Tampa Bay really wanted to do, they were able to. So, Mason, where do you even want to start this discussion on the Bears defense? To start with the defense, you almost have to go back to the offense for a half second. Because so many times with the turnovers and – and what was going on, the yeah. defense was on a very short field. And I was frustrated with that a little bit because I remember one of the props I took was that Tom was going to throw for over 300 passing yards. And it's hard to do that when you score 21 points with, you know, only 30 yards to go. Um, so if the, obviously if the offense can create the defense a little more cushion, because we saw that for the most part when the defenses had to defend an entire field, right? When, when yeah. opposing offenses have had a march down 90, 80, arguably even 70 yards at times, they've been able to do the whole bend, but don't break thought process where they're giving up field goals or even maybe sometimes nothing instead of touchdowns. But last week they didn't even have that option, right? The the Buccaneers were banging on the door before they even knew it. And at some point when you get down, like you did in that scenario and you're just like, Oh, we're back on the field that fast. We have to defend 20, 30 yards. I don't know. I, I feel like last week was a bit more of an aberration for them because of that. I mean, that's just a mental kick in the nuts to be quite frank when you have to do that constantly and at the end of the day we do still have Sean Desai who is again a rookie I keep talking about rookies Phil Herbert just built Sean Desai he's a rookie defensive coordinator 
I think he's going to learn from that. I think he's going to see what happened when you motion Chris Godwin in and have Danny Trevathan on him in coverage. And is going to have, you know, is going to have an answer for that. Because you do have some pretty fast receivers when it comes to the 49ers. I know Brandon Ayuk has been a little off, and my fantasy team knows that because I took him in almost every <laughs> every league. Um, I think the part of it was that they felt he put on too much weight, especially with the injury he had. Uh, Debo Samuel, another speedster. Mohamed Sanu, while not, you know, he's a little older in years, he still had he can turn on. So you can't necessarily have a Danny Trevathan, an Alec Ogletree, things like that, guard individuals like that. No, they don't have George Kittle. But Dwelly is is a capable tight end. He can absolutely step up. So when it comes to what I think you're gonna see it, it's gonna be very different this week. It's gonna be much longer fields, uh, because I think the offense is gonna be a little bit better. So and you're gonna see like while the running game is imperative for the 49ers, they've gotten away from it a little bit. You know, they, whether it's because of the injuries or just because of just attrition and and and, and how that kind of works in the NFL. They they're not necessarily sticking to it. So if you're able to take care of those things, you're able to hold that run game in, make Jimmy Garoppolo beat you, uh, which I'll looking in hindsight, like how happy are you that the bears didn't trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. And that was a whole conversation way back when, um, yeah, it's, if you can do those things, control the run and control that short, that quick game that they have to some of their fast receivers, I think you're going to be able to do okay. Yeah. You'll be definitely in a good position. I think the one thing that, you know, just watching and unfortunately rewatching, that Bears Bucks game, like I think the what really impacted this defense was the inability to finish the plays in terms of creating sacks. They didn't get any of them, Mason. And obviously, there was no Robert Quinn on the field. Mac, as we know, is not most likely not going to play in this game against the 49ers due to that foot injury. And I think, look, not to take anything away from Tristan Wirfs because he's a good right tackle, but I don't think Mac was. He's obviously hasn't been himself as of late. But the Bears, when they aren't able to consistently finish those plays with sacks, you can kind of see what, again, what a Hall of Fame quarterback, the greatest of all time, could do to you, dissect the defense and just, you know, pick apart when he wants to. But there were some, like, just rewatching it, like, hey, I saw Travis Gibson actually get in there a couple of times where he almost finishes uh, the play of the sack. Even Mario Edwards, who, you know, hopefully has put those personal foul penalties behind him um he he got in brady's face of course most of those plays still ended up being completions but they were they were there so now you're going against jimmy garoppolo who's been indecisive there's been a lot of heat and discussion about him and honestly like just listening to 49ers podcast they're waiting for their rookie quarterback to be fully healthy so he can take over in, in trey lance so it will be interesting to see how the 49ers you know kind of manage that and like how the bears have well you know, they managed, and, and now obviously Justin Fields has started, but I want to see what is this Bears pass rush going to be like, Mason, if you don't have Khalil Mack and we don't know anything yet about Robert Quinn, then you're asking, you're asking a lot of, you know, Travis Gibson, what Sam Kamara, like who, I'm, I'm like blanking on guys because Atachu's done for the season. Who else are you bringing up? <laughs> you need, you need outside edge rushers at this point. Um, so that could be a, definitely a storyline, but I have a feeling, and again, this is from no, I just have a feeling like Justin Fields that Robert Quinn is going to be able to go this weekend. And I do, I just based off of the did not practices for the second time in a row for Cleo Mack, it's looking like he's definitely going to lean out, especially with the report yesterday from, I think it was Ian Rappaport saying that, yeah, there's, there's a chance he can go on 
the the short term IR for for three games. So, yeah, that's definitely uh, something else to just think about here in terms of what this Bears defense is up against. And again, not not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, but desperate one that needs to get on track. And they need, I think, hope. I, I would think if you're a 49, if you're the 49ers, you're gonna try to, you're gonna see if you can establish the run like they did in the first drive against the Colts with Elijah Mitchell. But if they're looking to pass the ball, I think that actually bodes well in the Bears' favor. I, I want, if anything, I want to see Jimmy Garoppolo beat the Bears' defense. If he could do that, then you're just destined to lose, and you're you're going to end up with a terrible record by the end of this 2021 season. But I think that would actually be, honestly, the best-case scenario for the Bears. Now, Mason, I don't have anything solidified for this Bears defense, talking points, notes, because, again, this was a game – he didn't have a lot of defense and played against the Buccaneers. He didn't have a lot of offense played against the Buccaneers. Where is there anything else, any any place other than what we've mentioned that you want to take this defensive discussion? Something that's interesting is that the uh, 49ers are currently ranked 24th in interception rate, meaning they you know throw a lot of interceptions. Which, if you look at the Bears' numbers, you'd think like, okay, great, this is a you know they can keep getting interceptions like they've been doing. But you have to also remember that three of those interceptions came in the Bengals game on three straight plays. So those numbers are a little inflated for the Bears, right? I mean, and right, Roquan Smith, uh, Bilal Nichols, right, were some of those people that got interceptions. You haven't seen that out of, as we all know, Eddie Jackson. We haven't seen that from, you know, Tashawn Gibson or, you know, Tashawn Gibson. DHC has one, which is great. And he graded out great if you go by, you know, PFF grades and stuff like that. Obviously, take those with a grain of salt. He had a great game against the Buccaneers. Probably one of the only players on the Bears that had a good game. <laughs> um, Kendall Vildor has not gotten one. Uh, you got Jalen Johnson has one interception. So if there's a game that the secondary is going to wake up, you would imagine it would be this game. But and if you can't turn over a team interception-wise with Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe Trey Lance coming in for a handful of plays, you know, obviously he's limited and questionable and all that. But, you know, there's some clips out there where he looks pretty darn good. I, mm-hmm. I think for the most part, he's limited or questionable more so to keep buying time for development more than anything else. Um, but yeah, if you can't turn this team over through the air, there's not a lot of teams that you can. No, I, I agree with that. And another player that said in the press conference, he's just feeling it, was Eddie Jackson. And oh, he was close. God. He was close. He was close, Mason, uh, with um, one of the passes, passes over the middle from Tom Brady where, hey, he, he made a good play on Mike Evans, who I think was in the slot. And he talked about it. He's like, yeah, I saw him, you know, fake out. And, you know, it slowed him up a bit. He's like, I just got to keep going. But he said – Macy said he's feeling it. He's feeling the interception coming. Made a great game to get it um, against the 49ers. Again, um, who I think are, are prone and a little bit vulnerable at this point in the passing game. But that's, uh, Mason, that's really it for, for the defense. I think we can get into our, you know, our subcategories for, for where this podcast goes towards the second half here. And I think we'll just kind of start with our X Factor. I'm really, I don't know, Macy, if you have, a, if we, we establish any name for, the game that you, you made, which if you haven't seen that in the first uh in, in last week's preview, you're in for a treat because it's a lot of fun. But first we're gonna we're gonna delay it a little bit. We're gonna talk about our X factors on offense and defense. So Mason, I'll throw it over to you for the first one. Who who or what is your X factor on offense? Oh, okay. My my X factor on offense is going to be whoever the heck plays right tackle. Uh while yes, you're obviously more worried about Nick Bosa on the edge against Jason Peters. Hopefully, 
both Peter tends to get beat by a lot of the speed rushes at this point. Like it just seems like he's stumbling over himself, but hopefully some of the veteran wiles can, can stabilize that enough. And you need, you need one of the ends to, to do, to be fine, right? One of your tackles to be fine so that you can help the other side. As of right now, it's still question mark. We don't know who's going to be at right tackle, whether it's going to be an Alex Bars, whether they're comfortable enough with Forum's health and also um, the limited practices that he's been able to have because everything then feeds off of it. Like I could easily say Justin Fields. I could easily say Quill Herbert. I could easily say Al Robinson. But if if they're getting beat off that right edge just immediately, like we saw it through when Lachavia Simmons was playing, the rest of it doesn't matter. So I, to me, that's where it has to start. You know, I'll I'll take it in a very similar direction for my X Factor on offense. It's going to be, I think, Bill Lazor, especially if Matt Nagy is not there. And look, again, we'll we'll have to see how that how that all plays out. But it's really given what he he's gonna have, whatever this game plan is. And like we were just talking about earlier, Matt Nagy clearly has a his fingerprints all over that. How could you, with what you got, scheme up plays? to create momentum, like Justin Fields was saying, you know, a, a week ago now. Because that's what the Bears really need to do is, is just to establish some drives, not be in those third and nine and third and long situations that you were mentioning earlier, Mason, manageable so that they can sustain drives and just build momentum and eventually, hopefully, score. So the X factor is is really Bill Laser here. And I would say as of late, it, it hasn't been going in his favor, but – you got to work with what you got, and if you don't, you don't have anything to work with, then it makes it really tough to call a game. Even if you have good tackles, if you have you know good wide receivers, a good quarterback, you, you need to you need to have the foundation of that playbook set. And I think we know at this point that that's usually not not the case for the Bears. All right, we'll go over to the other side, and I'll start off X factor on defense. Man, I think if you're you're the Bears defensively. You cannot – the X factor is going to be – I think it's more so on, on the 49ers' willingness to commit to their run game and how long the Bears can sustain it. Because I think a lot of stuff that usually when the 49ers are rolling offensively stems off of that. The play-action pass, it opens up those windows for Jimmy Garoppolo. So the X factor on defense, can they, can they almost make the 49ers one-dimensional and force them to pass because they're not getting anything on the ground? And even, you know, stats say, like, you don't have to really run the ball effectively to have effective play action. But really, I think the the X factor is making Jimmy Garoppolo kind of beat you. And so if you take away that run game, I think the 49ers will be more prone to maybe let that happen. And maybe this will be like a test, too, because I think the 49ers are, like, on the edge of wanting to turn it over to Trey Lance. And, hey – if you could beat this 49ers defense, maybe we'll let you stay in there for a bit longer. But the, the X factor for me, can the Bears mitigate the damage the 49ers do in the rushing attack so that Jimmy Garoppolo has to, you know, he has to have the ball in his hands. And we know that they took that away when they were in the playoffs, had their playoff run, saw it in the Super Bowl. And when he has the ball in his hand, he's forced to make plays, usually doesn't go the 49ers way. What about you, Mason? Your, your X factor on defense. So there's that saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you really have none. And I think we've actually kind of seen this a little bit with the 49ers because it's almost like Shanahan doesn't really know where he wants to go with it. Like, do I, do I want Garoppolo? Do I want Trey? Like, who, how my office, how's my office going to work? I think we can also change that a little bit to be, if you have two linebackers in one spot, you don't really have any. 
we saw that with the Buccaneers that Al Golgotree had 52% of the snaps, but you also have Dan Trevathan who had 27% of the snaps. Part of that, you know, obviously that doesn't add up to 100. So part of that is that the fact that they had to be a nickel a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. But if you have to pull off Trevathan off the field because you don't think he can handle coverage, same thing with Ogletree. You don't have DeAndre Houston Carson anymore, or at least he didn't last week, pl- being able to plug in as that big nickel, right? Being able to maybe be that hybrid linebacker safety role that he's been before because he had to start last week. And we're still not 100% sure what it's going to look like this week. So you really need that line, your linebackers to be set. And also the Bears need to decide what the heck they're doing. Like, I mean, I, I would, I remember when I was wrestling in high school and there was this, who's going to start at 165 back when I was uh, a sophomore, like it sucked leading all the way up to the day that you're supposed to actually wrestle in the meet. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh wait, I'm wrestling today. Okay. Now I got to get more mentally ready. Oh, because it's hard to be hundred percent there or the opposite where it's like, well, guess I'm not, I'm not in this tournament. What, what's going on? So they got it. Are you riding with Ogletree? You're riding with Trevathan. And I don't think it's, it's weird. Cause it's not like you're deciding between a, you know, a rookie or a young guy and an older person who's been there. Like they're both older guys. Who's just <laughs> performing better. Why the heck are we playing this game? Like it's almost, the bears are too loyal. And it's like, all right, we got to get Trevathan his snaps back. We got to give him the chance to earn his spot. It's like, just stick with one of them. Let them play. Let the other one be the backup in case they get hurt and let them get their mojo back. I'm going to go on a quick, quick tangent here about that loyalty because I think you see that in other areas. Look mm-hmm. at the quarterback position. Why is Nick Foles still on this team? Like, he easily could have gone – where did Joe Flacco go? I'm, like, blanking on where he got traded He got to. traded back to the Jets. Oh, yeah. So, it's like, why, why why is Nick Foles on this team when he's inactive every single other week? But there's that commitment, that, that loyalty to a guy like that. There's a loyalty to Andy Dalton to start and. I think you are you are seeing that in you know Danny Trevathan and just being what I think that was like Brian Pace is one of his first big free agent acquisitions if you know after the Super Bowl for for Denver so I think maybe that's where that connection goes but quick tangent getting off of it now Mason are we gonna go pivotal matchup the backbreaker or or your second uh let's hit yeah backbreaker and then backbreaker who's got the edge and then we'll do it. Okay, got it. Okay, cool. So I'll start the – well, actually, it's like, I don't know if you have them both for offense and defense, but I'm going to I'm gonna give it to you first. You take whatever, and I'll take, take the opposite. Okay. So for me, my back-breaking matchup, and I'm going to go in a weird way with this, is so for the defense is going to be Kyle Shanahan versus Sean Desai. And for me, I'm doing that just because I do still think Kyle Shanahan is a good offensive mind. And I do think that he does pretty well playing chess, whereas we've kind of gotten to the point where we feel that Nagy's playing checkers, but I digress. Can Sean Desai play chess along with him? Because, you know, he doesn't have George Kittle. He doesn't have his starting running back. You know, he has Trey Sermon, but doesn't use him. So what's going on there? There's something funky happening. You know, Brandon Ayuk led the team in receptions last year, but not this year. So there's something going on there. Can he get out of whatever, can Shanahan get out of whatever rut he's in and use the pieces he has? And can decide match that, that chest that he's going to do? Because there's going to be a lot of misdirection. There's going to be all this movement. There's going to be tons of shifts. There's going to be, you know, audibles and there's all this stuff that's going to be happening. So Desai has to be ready to, to do that. And if he isn't, if he isn't communicating with the defense and doesn't have prepared for all of that stuff, it's going to be a long night. Long afternoon. It, it definitely will be. And, you know, hopefully that's not the case. But 
you know, we'll see. Like I said, two desperate teams are going to be playing at Soldier Field on Halloween night. Anything can happen. All right, my backbreaker on offense. And actually, Macy, you, you definitely talked about this a little bit, but this is going to be the backbreaker. It's going to be Nick Bosa lining up opposite of Jason Peters. And looking at Nick Bosa's breakdown, according to PFF, where he lines up out of his 282 snaps on the D-line, 234 of them are on that right edge. That's Jason Peters' territory. That's where he's going to primarily line up. So if Jason Peters consistently loses or loses that matchup in critical moments, third downs, it's not that you know Jason Peters. I think will hold his own for, for a majority of the game, like sixty snaps. Peters is going to win a majority of them, right? But it's those critical moments, third downs, those those drive killing sacks that put you behind the sticks. If Nick Bosa is able to create those, ooh. Now, now we're in trouble because I think, look, you, you're expecting whoever's going to play a right tackle. It looks like at this point, Alex Bars doesn't matter who's opposite of him, even though, you know, at times he's, he's looked all right. You just kind of expect the opposite defensive lineman to, to, to win those matchups when on a given basis, not every single play, not every single drive, but that to, to win a couple of those. But if Jason Peters is not mitigating what Nick Bosa can do. Man, then then we're almost looking like the the couple of seconds that Jason that Justin Fields has to throw, and it doesn't matter what play you call or what you're trying to do, you can't operate an offense like that. Nick Bosa, he can wreck games. We we've seen him do it before, so that's going to be my back breaking matchup. All right, now we go on to who has the edge, and this one should be fun because, like I said, this is two teams that are. They're just not very good right now. So it's the Bears rushing attack versus the 49ers rushing defense. And you know what, Mason? I'm going to throw this one over to you. What you got here? Until proven otherwise, I'm going to go with the Bears rushing offense. Uh, apparently, it seems like so far you can plug in whatever running back you want and it's going to work. Um, obviously, I think that's not true. I think Khalil Herbert, and I've said this from the beginning, since he got drafted, he that, that he was a steal, that he would be a starting running back in any pretty much almost any team. Uh, the Bears are very lucky to have him. And I think that's just going to continue. The way he runs is, I mean, he just compliments what Montgomery does really well because he can just stick his foot in the ground, get inside on those inside zone runs. You know, he rarely ever gets brought down for a loss. You know, he's usually at least a stands off, not a one, two yard gain. And he just has this way of bouncing off defenders. That would just work. You have to gain tackle him. The first arm tackle is not going to get him down. Uh, and for whatever reason, the Bears line blocks like beasts <laughs> when it's a rushing play. But when they're back <laughs> on their heels in the pass, they, they, that's where they struggle. So it, it's I would give it to the Bears rushing offense. I, I agree. I wonder, did you give the to the Bears rushing offense uh, against the Buccaneers? Do you, do you remember? Or I mean, if you did, kudos to you. Because I, I had my, I don't know if it, the right word is doubt, but, you know, I thought like, hey, Damian Williams, he's going to get the majority of the rushes. You're right all along about Khalil Herbert. I should have. I was not on the hype train, but now uh, I'm on board as well. Um, I got the Bears passing offense versus the 49ers passing defense. And look, this is a a defense that, like I said, gives up a crap ton of penalties. And again, I want to bring up those numbers one more time here, just to emphasize how bad the 49ers are. 14 total pass interference uh, plays this season. Um, for 11 have been accepted, cost the 49ers 250 yards. Like the Bears will gladly take every yard they can create. 
and, and get it for free too, especially if you're showing that lack of discipline in the secondary. Like the Bears will take that. But man, Mason, we haven't we haven't seen this passing game do anything. It, whether it's because of the line protection, because receivers are not creating separation, you know, maybe Justin Fields isn't making throw. It, it's a culmination of everything. But Justin Fields said he feels it. I'm going with Justin Fields. I'm taking the Bears passing attack against the 49ers passing defense. Is that drinking the Kool-Aid? I don't know. I just have a feeling. That's chugging right. the Kool-Aid. That's chugging the Kool-Aid. Probably is, honestly. No one this pass, uh, Bears passing attack. All right. We have the Bears rushing defense versus the 49ers rushing attack. Mason, who you got there? Man, I want to take the Bears, but when you're – and it's weird that I'm saying this, but when he, when he didn't have Robert Quinn last week, it's amazing how many tackles he made in the run game or against the run and tackles for loss or, or limiting because he just his pursuit was so good. So you definitely missed him last week. There's nothing guaranteed so far for him this week. Kula Max most likely going to be out that this week. And you think about those edge rushers as pa- for the passing game, but they're really important in the running game, right? Setting mm-hmm. the edge, uh, being able to collapse down when the, the play goes away from you, and knowing Shanahan he's going to run away from you. He's going to run, you know, to the, whatever's the most advantageous for his offense. So now you're trying to really hope Roquan Smith can fill, fill holes. Well, you're really hoping that, you know, that you're in your King Hicks is, is hurt too. So, you know, you don't have him there. Goldman has not been fantastic. He's been okay. He hasn't been fantastic. Um, you're hoping that to me, your, your rookie Gibson can fill, can fill in off the edge. You're hoping that Eddie Jackson actually can fill and make a tackle. That's a lot of hopes I just listed. <laughs> and so when you have someone in, you know, Eliza, Elijah Mitchell, who has shown that he can run effectively, especially when you compare it again, like last week, they gave up 81 yards to Fournette and 63 yards to Jones. That's a lot of rushing yards. I don't know that you can hang your hat too heavily on this Bears rushing defense. All right. So we have two for the 49ers, right? No, wait. I, I picked the Bears, so, so two for the Bears. Bears. And now I should probably even up. It's the Bears. Oh, no, it's the Bears passing defense versus the 49ers passing offense. I'm not sold on what they're doing there in San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo. And this is this is weird. I, it's It just so happens that the Bear, that the, the 49ers could just be a worse team than the Bears are at this state. I mean, maybe that's what it is. I'm giving it to the Bears for their passing uh, defense against this 49ers passing attack. Jimmy Garoppolo needs to prove me wrong, and maybe that helps they have a running game to complement what they want to do uh, in the past, but I'll give it to the Bears even though they got torched by Tom Brady. I don't think, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo and Tom Brady. They used to play on the same team, but that's about the only connection you can make there. All right, Mason, this is this is it. I We need to make a name. Actually, people in the comment, you have to make a name for this. It worked, yes, it worked last time because of the teams, but I don't know. Yeah, this time I have dubbed it Bear Down or Finer 49er. Ooh, okay. Pulling these out of Every week just switching it up. Okay, I like it. So, yeah, just real quickly, Mason, can you just explain exactly what's about to happen? And then people in the chat, get ready, get your, you know, whether you're watching this on your laptop, phone, get ready to start getting those, uh, those fingers ready to type. Yeah, so in Bear Down or Finer 49er, the whole premise is I'm going to list off a, a comparison, a Bears player and a 49ers player. And then Nick is going to give me his gut feeling who he would rather have on his team. We're not taking injuries into consideration right now. It's less fun to do that because what's the point? You know, that's yeah. just it's stuck in a week. We don't we don't try to be, to be super stuck in a bubble here. So we're just kind of saying if, yes, if we had to pick a player who we want, 
and then uh we'll do an offense we'll do defense and we'll kind of might go back in between and judge nick for one of his answers and try to figure out where he was going with it so are you ready nick let's do it all right first off ellen robinson brandon Ayuk. oh ellen robinson darnell mooney debo samuel oh debo does so many good things um i'll go debo oh, raheem you. Mostert, david montgomery david montgomery trey sermon Khalil herbert give me Khalil herbert George Kittle, Cole Komet. <laughs> I knew this was – well, obviously. Uh, George Kittle, Iowa, there's no comparison. Ross Dwelly, Cole Komet. Give me, give me Cole. Give me Cole Komet. I like the pause on that. Jermaine Effetti, <laughs> Mike McGlinchey. Oh, Mike McGlinchey. He might be on the trade block. Mike McGlinchey, Tevin Jenkins. <sighs> give me Tevin. Justin Fields, Trey Lance. Give me Justin Fields. Andy Dalton, Jamie Garoppolo. Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'll go Andy Dalton. All right. So there's really only two I would ask about. So Darnell Mooney, Debo Samuel, what are your thoughts for picking Debo there? Yeah, I think Debo, he does just bring a lot of versatility. Like he's in, he's like the heart and soul right now of the 49ers offense, especially with Kittle out. He's just been doing a lot of things for them, whether that's actually getting some rushing attempts, getting some hard catches over the middle of the field. And I know that, like Darnell Mooney, I think is going to be great, but he does provide, I think just in, I don't know, Maggie's offense, but he just does a lot of things well. And I, I like that about him. And then the other one, again, the wide receiver matchup, both with down years right now compared to the previous year, Allen Robinson, Brandon Ayuk, you picked A-Rob. Why? I think we've seen it from Allen Robinson consistently um, outside of like really this season. And despite the quarterback he's produced, Brandon Ayuk, what is in year two, year three? It, like we haven't seen it from him. He, I don't know why he's having the year he is, but there's obviously something up. So I have to go with Allen Robinson there. All right. Defensive side of the ball. All right. Akeem Hicks, Javon Kinlaw. I'll go Akeem Hicks. Oh, uh, we got Eddie Jackson versus Jimmy Ward. Give me, give me uh, Eddie Jackson. All right, we got Eddie Jackson versus Tart. Their other oh, safety. Yeah, uh, I'll take Jackson too there. Fred Warner versus Roquan Smith. Oh, this is the one. And I'm going, look, I'm going not even for bias. I'm going Roquan Smith here. I think, I will explain, but yeah, I'm going Roquan. Josh Norman, Kendall Vildor. Josh Norman, Kendall Vildor. Uh, God, this these are tough. I, I'll go, I'll go Kendall. I don't know why, but I will. <laughs> Khalil Mack or Nick Bosa. Oh, um, I'll go Mack. That might be a little biased, but I might, I'll go Mack there. All right. Well, that made my next question kind of irrelevant. If you had to take package both Mack and Quinn for Nick Bosa. That was gonna be my neck. I was assuming you were gonna say Nick Bosa. Yeah, maybe maybe that's where we go back and rewind this thing. <laughs> I switch it. So we can we can just skip that one. All right, so let's, let's go back. So why Khalil Mack over Nick Bosa, the younger guy who has been producing all year and has not been hurt really besides the one uh besides last year? You know, Mason, sometimes you say things that you don't mean. No, uh, I. <laughs> it's, you know, but we have seen a resurgence from Khalil Mack. And I know this, it doesn't work well this week because he is dealing with another injury. But 
We've, we've been seeing another, I, I think, a Khalil Mack that we're used to seeing. And, yes, Nick Bosa is younger, but I think you'd be all right with having either one of those guys. Yes, one is a lot more money at this point in his career, uh, Khalil Mack, but, um, yeah, that's probably one where I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind Nick Bosa at all either. And then let's uh, dive into, and this is one that I think all Bears fans can relate to, uh, the Fred Warner versus Roquan Smith, right? Because Fred Warner's gotten some Pro Bowl nods, things like that. Roquan Smith has been left out. Why, without being a homer, <laughs> is Roquan Smith your choice? He does everything that, you know, Fred Warner would do. He just doesn't get recognition for it. Like, that's true. that's honestly what it is. Like, I, I know the Pro Bowls, it's kind of like that, that popularity contest, but Roquan Smith has been... He's been phenomenal and he doesn't get recognized. I think even around the league too. I don't know what, I don't know what the perception of him is on other, like when other teams face the bears, it's like, I wonder how they think of Roquan. Cause I, I feel like he just never gets brought up. And I know it was in the Raiders game, uh, that post game press conference. It's like, he was flagged a couple of times. I think it was Mark Potash asked him like, when you think, do you think you'll start to get recognized for, you know, your name and maybe not get those, those bogus pass interference calls? He's like, I don't really care about that. It's like, I wonder if he ever will. Cause I don't know how people, the league officials, players, co- opposing coaches, like how they even see him, but yeah, he's been, have, he's been phenomenal. And like him and Fred Warner in that same category. Uh, two things. One cliff, would you trade Mac and Quinn for Bosa? Number two, for Nick, I have a special bonus one for you. Special teams. <laughs> Remember, injuries are not a part of this. Robbie Gould or Cairo Santos? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, Cairo Santos has been on freaking fire. I don't even know how many you know straight field goals he's made up to this point. But I'm taking Cairo Santos. I, I feel – I have not felt any hesitancy or any anything when he goes up to kick. Because, like, I put, like, in my notes – his field goal is good. And that, I hope I did not just jinx him for the Sunday. But ruined that's it. Like, oh, my God. I ruined it. We're going to delete this portion. I'm going to delete it all. <laughs> it's not, it's it, other than being live right now. But I, that's just how confident I am in his ability to make kicks. And, you know, I'll, I'll take Cairo Santos. I threw that in there because it's funny. You go back to the kicking derby and everything that was going on. And I specifically remember this. I don't know why this sticks out my brain. I was walking in to play some pickup basketball Monday night. And there were some talks about, like, Robbie Gould trying to force his way out of the 49ers. And people were saying, does he want to come back to Chicago? And how badly I was like, oh my God, please let Robbie Gould come back to Chicago and how much that has changed um, and how, where we are now. Cause yes, I would do the same same thing. Cairo Santos has proven that he deserves the contract he got. You know, I know people were a little annoyed at first because that was one of the first things the bears did in the off season was give, give him a bigger contract there. Oh, there's bigger needs. There's money should go going elsewhere. It's like, do you not remember the kicking derby? Do you, or was that escaped your mind? So the fact that he's been automatic because he's been, like you said, I'm sitting up in the press box and I'm not really look watching the field goal. I'm like, all right, let me just get my notes done for this next drive. Cause he's been that automatic. Um, and, and so it's just nice to see how far we've come uh, really quick. Cause I asked him the question. Cliff said, no, he would not trade Mac and Quinn straight up for Bosa just because uh, it's a little bit too much. I could, I could see that. All right, cool. Yeah, you'd be uh, out of two. You still need another edge rusher, but I feel good about Travis Gibson. Hey, that that definitely works too. All right, Mason. Well, I mean, look, I've always these are fun, and it's nice to see people interact and see what they think and like question what I'm even doing with when I say Mac over Bosa. And I, I agree with you right now. I agree with you. <laughs> but that's uh, what happens when you're on the fly and you don't. I like I have no idea 
the uh, the players that Mason you know puts there. I thought you were gonna ask me like Tristan Wirfs and Tevin Jenkins because I'd still take Tristan Wirfs because again Iowa and <laughs> that's just me. Um, but that was the only one. That's the only one I actually thought about. Like, is this could this be one? And it wasn't. But that's what makes us fun. Well, I wouldn't ask that also because we already played the Buccaneers. So unless he gets traded this week, why was I even think? Why was I thinking Tristan Wirfs? I was what am I? I'm done. All right. We're going to the next segment here. Uh, they're both red teams. I have no <laughs> idea why I had a huge raid part. Yeah, that makes no sense. Okay. We're, we're going on to the last portion here of the show before things get out of hand here. Um, actually, Mason, this, this goes over to you next. So I'm yeah. setting up. All right. Got a couple over-unders here. So over-under, Justin Fields passing touchdown to interception ratio of 1.0. uh 1.0 um i'll be optimistic and say over but that's yeah over that's how i'm saying it so right now he has a rate and there's a couple of games that screwed up this ratio and and i understand that 0.33 for the season two touchdowns to six interceptions not great his best ratio was 1.0 against the raiders with one touchdown Mm -hmm. and zero interceptions um i i would probably say man i'm gonna say push i think it's gonna be at 1.0 again okay i can see that for sure all right over under bears allow allow two and a half sacks yeah we'll go over that i mean the bears are excuse me on a they're not they're not doing very good in that department right now so and you just we just talked about nick bosa for a good good amount of that time so go over yeah, uh, 26 total sacks, leads the league uh, in sacks given up, averaging 3.25 sacks per game over seven weeks. Uh, I'm going to have to say over because the stats say so. There's Why would you think any different <laughs> right now? You know, and, and of course, too, I mean, there's like the, the ridiculous sacks where Justin scrambles and it's technically a one-yard, half-yard loss, even though he was trying to get the – you know, there's those two. Um, all right, over-under, Trey Lance gets 10 snaps this game. I'll go. I'll go under on that, but – I think it's going to be kind of around that mark there, but I'll go under the 10. I think that's a good call. I'm going to say under as well. Uh, week one, he had four. Week three, he had three. Grapple got hurt in week four, so Lance played about 39 snaps. And then he played all the snaps in week five. Obviously, in the bye week six. And then in week seven, he got hurt himself. He was hurt himself, so he Grapple got 100%. Um, while I do think they're going to start ramping it up a little bit, I, I, I just feel like it's going to be uh, – you know, he might get like nine and then like the next week he might get like 12. Uh, 10 is a lot, I think. It also depends on game flow, right? I mean, maybe he gets more in the red zone, just like we thought Justin Fields would. But then also Justin Fields didn't have that happen. So who knows anymore? <laughs> uh, oh, so we're going to flip the script over under bear sacks 3.0. 3.0. They had none against Tom Brady. There's going to be no Khalil Mack, most likely. Don't know about Robert Quinn. I'm going under the three on that one. Yep, without Mac and Quinn, it's going to be hard. Bears have averaged three sacks per game exactly throughout the season. And the 49ers have only allowed 1.83 sacks per game. They've only given up 11 total. So uh, they have a good offensive line. It's one of the reasons why they can plug and play some of the, the running backs that they do have and why you don't need Garoppolo normally to throw so much. Last one, over under 120 rushing yards for the 49ers. Ooh, 120. If they stick to it, they're definitely capable of doing that. So I'll go over the 120 um, for the entire team. I, I think Elijah Mitchell gets a lot of those 120, but I'll go over. Yep, like we you know, like they gave up 
Bears gave, I believe, was 140 yards last week to the Buccaneers. Um, no, Elijah Mitchell's not, you know, Leonard Fournette or or Jones, but he's a good running back. And there are some other running backs in that stable that are also going to be, be used. So, you know, it's not just about him. Then Trey Lance, does he sneak in 14, 15 yards because he's got a play or two in there? Um, again, like his knee injury is weird. I don't think it's actually legit an injury. It's more of a, hey, let's just have him sit kind of a thing is what it seems like because he looks pretty darn healthy with what you're seeing out of him. But yeah, that was over under. I like him. They they had me thinking there, Mason. So now we'll go over to our bold predictions for this Bears and 49ers game on Halloween night. And I'll start this off. Bold prediction is that the Bears most, I don't know how I want to phrase this, but they're, they're going to be efficient throwing the ball downfield because they're going to have the 49ers commit four pass interference calls. They did they had five against the Colts for 97 yards. I think they'll get four for 100 yards. So those are deep. They are committing penalties, and they're giving the Bears free yards, and that's exactly what they need um, because that passing attack can use any help that it can get. What's your bold prediction there, Mason? So as always, I went for offense and defense, and I'm doing this off the top of my head because I forgot to write them down during my <laughs> Disney trip. Um, but for offense, I'm going to have Cairo Santos kicks three field goals and makes all three of those field goals. Uh, right now, the Bears offense just last couple of games has not really been able to get into the red zone. And so one of your best, and it's just, just awful to say, but one of your best weapons, which is your kicker, just hasn't been able to be used. Um, and he's been great at touchbacks. I mean, that's actually, that was a concern I know for myself uh, last year, but that has been an issue this year. Uh, yeah, three field goals by Cairo Santos. And on defense, my bold prediction, very bold, is two interceptions by the defense as a whole. One of them being, again, DeAndre Houston Carson. I just, he just seems to be around the ball a lot recently. And he's he's playing well. He's playing within the defense as it's, as it's created. It's, I also find this to be pretty bold because I don't think the Bears are going to get as much pressure as they normally do without Mac and then questionable Quinn. Uh, so, yeah, not so, up next, not so bold. Yeah, not so bold. I, I, again, don't have anything planned, but I knew it was coming up. I'll say a not so bold prediction, though. Khalil Herbert goes for his second straight 100-yard rushing game. The way he's rushing and the way that the Bears are utilizing their offense, they need to rush the ball. That's all they can do at this point. So I don't know if it's too bold now to say that Khalil Herbert, who just rushed for over 100 yards or 100 yards against Tampa Bay, can do it against the 49ers team. So going not so bold, Khalil Herbert gets 100 yards rushing. It's funny how that's changed, right? Because last week my bold prediction offense was that he was going to get 100 yards rushing, yeah. and now it's become eh, not so bold. This is just Khalil Herbert. This is what he does. Um, not so bold prediction for the offense. I just, I, that's, I don't want to phrase this. That Khalil Herbert will catch two passes, one of which will be for over 20 yards. Um, okay. Thought process being, I think they're going to sneak a screen in there finally. Um, it just makes sense, especially against a team that has a Nick Bosa, that has a Fred Warner, that has a, Armstead that are they can be pretty aggressive so try to take some of that aggression off by throwing a screen list such as that so at least two receptions one of which at least 20 yards nice explosive play there in the passing game and then on defense not so bold prediction uh the bears will be under 50 percent in terms of red zone scores allowed so they're going to kind of go back to their old form a little bit right they're going to mainly force 
either keep them out of the red zone entirely or, you know, could get back to that bend but don't break mentality. Hey, both would bode well in the Bears' favor if that happened. All right, let's predict the MVP. I'll go first, and I think this is going to be not a high-scoring affair. Like, that shouldn't be a shock to anybody, but I think the MVP is going to be on defense, and I think Roquan Smith's going to have a huge part of why the Bears should have or could have success on defense, especially knowing that the 49ers are going to want to run the ball with whoever is their running back behind that offensive line that has protected, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo pretty well this season. But I think if when it all comes down to it, Roquan Smith's going to have, you know, his fingerprints on why this defense has success against the 49ers. Mason, who do you got for your MVP? My MVP, I don't think this is going to be a surprise. Anybody is going to be Quill Herbert. I, I just think you have to ride ride him at this point uh you have to set up that play action and to do that you really do have to commit to running the ball um like i said i think or i hope that they try to take some of that aggressive pass rush and use it against them by slipping some screens in there so i mean i would be surprised if all of a sudden we woke up you know woke up monday morning we're talking about herbert having 150 all-purpose yards because you know he had 100 yards like nick predicted on the ground and then he was able to sneak in another 50 in the passing game if they can actually use you know, they're running back in the passing game. That would be quite a phenomenon. And I mean, obviously to keep things in perspective, yes, Herbert has dropped a pass here or there too. So he needs to catch that ball. Um, right now, the, the none of the receivers have shown anything for me to think that they're going to be able to get more than their traditional four catches. Same thing in the tight end. Um, and the defense is just, and I think for the most, we're going to be the defense. They're, they're going to be relatively consistent with what they've been. If, if there's going to be a shift, it has to come from the offense. All right, I like it. So now we get to the competition, I guess, the game picks. And since Will is not here, I'm going to go ahead and give his first. And, you know, drum roll, whatever it may be, the Bears. He has the Bears on Halloween night winning this game at Soldier Field 21-20. to 20. So obviously a close one by the one-point one, uh, game. So there's Will's pick, and I – I don't even know. I know I'm in the lead, but I don't even know what our records are at this point. Um, but that's that's where Will's going. Mason, I'm going to hand it off to you. Where Who do you got winning this game and why? What would be the worst trick for Bears fans right now? That would be a Bears victory because it just keeps this train going. Uh, right now, you know, Bears are Bears fans are hoping more or less for losses because it's going to look terrible for Matt Nagy. But for whatever reason, whether it's his motivational style whether it's the players that they have, they seem to just get wins when it gets really bad. I mean, yes, there was that six game losing streak, of course. So, but they turned, then they turned that around and they made the playoffs last year, you know, and they made it, they make, they, they just do these things to keep it going. And the 49ers are not a great team right now. They're, they're very pedestrian, not to say that it's anything's guaranteed, of course. So with everything we talked about today, the with Khalil Herbert, how he is, how the defense is, it's not Tom Brady on the other side, basically. You don't have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and all these, you know, really, and OJ Howard and Cameron Brait and all these really good players and Leonard Fournette. I can keep going. This is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> on that other side, that the defense is going to be able to do enough to keep them in it. And so, therefore, and based on my prediction earlier <laughs> that Kyros Hansen is going to have three field goals goes into my score. Uh, final 16 13 Bears. All right. We got two for the Chicago Bears against the. San Francisco 49ers who are on a four-game losing streak and I believe are favored at Soldier Field. So crazy how that works. But 
I also have the Bears win. Like they find the Bears find a way to beat these teams that they they should beat, and that's just how that's just how they've been for for a while now. And like you said, you made a good point there, Mason. Like they find ways to turn things around. And you know what? I would give them credit, even though it's a bad 49ers team with everything that's going on with in terms of injuries on that front seven for the Bears, not having your head coach actually in the building because of COVID, and to pull out a victory. I think that does show some, you know, resolve and just, you know, the ability to battle adversity. So I have the Bears winning 20 to 18. Again, I think we all see this being a close game because they're not, they're both not very good teams right now. All right, Mason, confidence meter. I'll start off here. Am I confident that the Bears will win? Obviously, by my score of 20 to 18, I, not really, but I'll give it like a, a 5.5 like I could see the 49ers easily winning this game too like like I said they're desperate four game they're gonna go on a five game losing streak like that's you know I say that last year like Bears are gonna go on a five yes they did they 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 went six so I'm going with a 5.5 that the Bears can handle business but like I just said all the things that the Bears are going through I can see why they can lose too with that 20 points the Bears are scoring, is that with a Cairo Santos missed extra point, or is that with two touchdowns and two field goals? That's a, that's a good question. I just put the number 20 up there, however they get it. Maybe there's a safety in there, so maybe there's three sa- Who knows? <laughs> but I, I don't even know how that 20 happens. I, I did envision the 49ers getting a safety somewhere. In there. I don't even know if that makes sense, but... As a sidebar, isn't aren't you feeling that at some point soon the yeah, field is going to get sacked for a safety? It just seems like they get pinned a lot in that five, and yeah. it's it, it's ridiculous. It's it's bound it's bound to happen, and maybe we just put it out into the atmosphere there oh, and great. how it is. <laughs> All right, well, I do back to back to the other uh, five right down the middle of five. Uh, they're so close to who they are you know they're so similar again we talked about that spider-man meme them pointing at each other very based on the run game uh the wide receivers have been a little funky tight ends not where they want to be i mean obviously yes 49ers is because george kittle's hurt <laughs> versus uh for the bears is because the tight ends have been more or less either not used or incompetent i'm, I'm going to straight up say because i mean Cole commit you got to catch that one first down pass that hit you right in the hands on national tight end day so what are you doing <sighs> um they're so similar, um, but and it really is going to come back down to, to coaching and just general desire for the most part. I think having the fact that the thing that makes me a little more confident like at that 50-50 mark versus being un, not confident in it is the fact that Justin Fields exudes this confidence. He's taking control of it a little bit more with, you know, with the whole Zoom thing with the wide receivers. Matt Nagy isn't there, so maybe there's this we're going to step up for our coach kind of, I think the players for the most part still like Nagy. I don't think they just hate mm-hmm. him, uh, especially with how they talk about him. Um, and it's when you come back down to, again, it's just that there's that, there's that it's bound to happen when you're as skilled as Justin Field is, it's bound to happen at some point. Like, are you surrounded with the right stuff? One would have thought that the Cleveland game would have been enough for that, but maybe it wasn't. And this Buccaneers game is the thing that finally makes the coaching staff say, okay, we need to now do a, he's not working. Let's do B and C. I hope that's the case, Mason, because I'm tired of seeing, like, there was a hit Justin Fields took in that Buccaneers game where he's laying down, his hands all the way back, and it looks like his eyes are shut, too. And it's just like, can we get this guy some help? Can we not have that happen again? It's only his, what, 
fifth, fourth game, whatever it is now at this point starting. And let's not, let's not break this guy that I think has all the potential in the world. All right, Mason, just to kind of wrap up final thoughts here, you know, we'll be at Soldier Field on Halloween to cover this game. I'm excited for it. Just, um, just again, just to see, you know what this Bears team could do, and I know I'm look, I'm lowering, I'm setting the bar real low too for what this Bears team actually does and what is going to transpire on Sunday. I'm excited to be there at Soldier Field to see what actually happens, and you know, uh, if you celebrate Halloween, have a happy Halloween. But I'll leave it at that, Mason. What you got? This is, I think we say this almost every week. This is a season-defining game. I feel like. If you lose to the 49ers, and especially how you lose to the 49ers would be important, that could be that's you know a ceiling of fate. If you if you get blown out by the 49ers, man, Nick, you're done. Uh, if you can beat the 49ers, keep the ship afloat, now all of a sudden you have the reeling Steelers on the schedule ahead of you as well. It's totally different going into the bye. And I'm the Ravens are weird, like they have games where they just destroy teams and then they also have games where they either lose or they beat the lines by two so now all of a sudden you're you're having a slightly different conversation right with a win here and whether whether you're you may not like that as a fan you may hate that uh you may love it because you, at the end of the day you just you want them to win so it's it'll it'll be really interesting to see what happens the post game feeling the pressers how how they react to it are, is going to be really interesting but yeah if if you're celebrating Halloween, have fun. Check your kids' candy. Crazy people out there. Make sure there's no razor blades and crazy stuff in there. And uh, let your kids have the candy. Skip the house that gives out apples and, and toothbrushes. You don't need to go to that house. Oh, that, I, I can't even imagine getting a toothbrush and apples and, and you know, trick-or-treating. Like, what? This is my day to go crazy. And I usually, I I still do. So I, yeah, I'll buy candy for myself and and, and go off and, and eat a bunch of it. But Thanks, everybody, for tuning in for this preview show. Look, Mason, it's only two of us, and we're going on an hour and 20. Like, I don't know how we do this. Like, what is there to talk about with the Bears? They got blown out 38-3 last week, but yet we're here breaking it down, previewing this matchup, and, you know, this is after you getting back from Disney, me getting back from a wedding, and we're still here to provide that content. But, hey, feel free – and, no, not feel free. You better go out and buy some Owen with our code TCA20 have great products there use bet us um you know chicago one two five you those things and even screenshot it when you get like your 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 package of own or whatever it may be and we'll post it on our instagram page and you know just share it and speaking of social media go follow mason you see where uh is i'm trying to point i don't even know how that works yeah there it is at west sports pt follow him there on twitter and then also follow me on twitter at nicholas moriano the chicago audible Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I don't know if we have other social media that I don't know about. Go follow. Just look up the Chicago Audible. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in for another episode. You'll hear from us after the conclusion of the Bears 49ers game. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Bears.